Nobody in this entire park has been able to regain admin access. Except for her. She was out there reprogramming hosts on the fly. She's doing it right now. Hello there and welcome to the hosts of Westworld, a fan critical podcast. Tonight we will be discussing episode 8 titled Kiksuya. Does anyone know what that means? Remember in yes, Lakota. In Lakota. Yeah. Cheers then. So? Uh, giving our thoughts on the episode before handing the reins over to translator Len, uh, who also has some crazy Reddit theories. Crazy theories, yeah. Cool. So uh, thanks for joining me, Len. No worries, mate. Um, I am also joined by Lucy. Hello. Emma. Hiya. And all the way over in Australia, our little buddy is Gareth. Hello. So it obviously makes sense to get everyone's initial thoughts on the episode and, of course, give us a blueberry score. Emma, I'm going to go to you first. Please explain to our new listeners, of which we hope there are many, what a blueberry score is. Hello, new listeners. Uh, so here at Fan Critical slash the host of Westworld, we work on a blueberry rating scale, which is out of five blueberries. There can be no halves. No halves. No halves. So sometimes it can be a harsh, uh, but always fair scale of rating. I bloody love this episode. I was like <laughs> bouncing off the sofa watching this last night. Um, yeah. Absolutely loved it. Desperately wanted to talk about it, but had to go to bed because work. Um, for me, actually, focusing on a single storyline was one of the best episodes of the season so far. And um, I think it might be my first, but for me, this is a five out of five blueberries. Uh, for reference point, Emma, you messaged me last night and gave it seven out of five. So uh, I, I knew that was coming. Echoing kind of what Emma said. Coming, coming. Yeah, I think this is probably my favourite episode so far of this series because it didn't frustrate me or confuse me at any point. Um, I really enjoy just seeing it from one character's point of view. I found it quite lyrical. It was quite a departure from a lot of the other episodes. And yeah, I really, I thought your boy Zahn McLaren, I think that's his name. Zahn McLaren, yeah. Yep. Um, Doing the Max Proud. He was, yeah, he was sensational in this um episode and i'm going to give it four bluebies len are you going to give it four bluebies so um i've famously been rating uh, every episode pretty much four or five this season you're a hype man i'm a hype man 
But after watching this episode, <laughs> I feel that I've rated some other episodes way too highly. Finally, you realise this. Um, because, because this... Such a hype, man. This is the pinnacle of television right here. Yeah. This was this was a beautiful episode, um, and it's something that we've wanted for quite a while because um, the Ghost Nation storyline was dropped from the first season mm. because the actor playing Kissy in the first season died um, after depressing. the after the pilot, and they had a whole the whole Ghost Nation plot was meant to be in the first season, but they had to push it back to this season now because they wanted to be respectful and not um, not recast him. Do you know what? So, I didn't know that, but that's quite interesting because I don't think it would have worked in the first season as well as it yeah, does in this. Yeah, I think it, it, the timing of it now kind of really makes a lot of other Westworld episodes seem excellent. It mm. really enhances the, some other episodes in season one and season yeah. two. Um, but I absolutely loved it. Visually, it's the, you know, the, the, the uh, episode in Shogun World and this one just blew my mind. Some of the visual, some of the shots they were able to get and just some of the, the acting. Um and I know people don't like me saying it, but there is lost all over this episode. Oh, this is now. a such a heavily influenced episode. Like it's a single character driven focus here. And that is what Lost was always good at was character studies. And I think Westworld sometimes <clears throat> has struggled with its characters because of its, its obtrusive narrative devices and in terms of the way that its timelines have all shifted and it's more focused on that than necessarily the characters at times. Mm. But when it lets the characters just breathe, and actually have an episode focused on a singular point of focus or a singular character, the show is incredible. Like It's got such potential. I just hope that they can see the plaudits that this episode's getting and then maybe trim down the crazy storytelling mechanics crazy that they've been using. Crazy storytelling. Um, but yeah, five out of five for me. This is what? arguably <laughs> the best episode of Westworld ever. And that is a big statement. I'm inclined to really agree. And actually what you said there, Len, about, you know, the when they really focus on one character like this in the Shogun World episode, focusing pretty much solely on Maeve and then here solely on our, our Ghost Nation lad, um, it, it just it surpasses everything else. And it's so much easier to follow. And the, the character study is, is spectacular. Mm. Joe, what, what do you think? Well, look, well, interestingly enough, uh, so the example you've used there, talking about Shogun World, I mean, that was my least favourite episode of of this season Mm. um i thought it was weaker to to come away from the main story and focus on these new characters that i i had no time to get involved with and then this episode comes along uh and uh, this episode has no right to be any good because yeah you're right you know this is episode 18 yeah um of the you know series one and two um, and we are focusing on a character that we've seen <clears throat> sparingly at best. And yet, by the end of it, I would challenge anyone to say that this isn't one of your top two or three characters. Yeah, 100%. Um, because uh, we've already mentioned him. Zahn McCann, I think his name is. Oh, sorry, no, it's McLaren. Um He's unbelievable. <laughs> he, like, he is incredible. Um, and I know quite a lot of people uh, on the uh, on the social medias uh, have been praising him. And uh, this morning on Twitter, he was like, "Look, guys, you know, thanks very much for all the love." Um, I think he's been on. I've not seen Fargo, the TV series, mm. um, but I believe he was on that. Uh, he's excellent. Um, sorry, he's not excellent. He is a tour de force. He is incredible. To to come into a show at this stage. Um, and absolutely steal it. Bear in mind, 
we're talking about Ed Harris yeah. and fucking Sir Anthony Hopkins. And his, this episode is the one they will send to the Emmys to gun for best episode best of episode, a TV yeah. series. Yeah, Without fun. doubt, yeah. I don't care what happens in the next episode or episode 10, there will not be a better episode of television than this. This year, I would say, in any um, TV series. Bold so, you know, if you want my blueberries, you can have them all because it's five out of five. Ooh. Gaz, take us home. Yeah, it's good, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it was right. Like two out of five. <laughs> Got to echo what everybody's saying. First of all, it was exciting to start with. Like straight away, I was, I was excited to see to learn more about the Ghost Nation, who up until this point have effectively been accessories, haven't they? They've just been, they've been, they've been treated like I don't know, like the trees in the in the the rest of the show, like just background. Um, you know, we, we've started off with them being pretty terrifying looking and, and intimidating to actually having the most beautiful poetic story that anybody's had on this show. Um, and my favourite episode, uh, I know this was um, uh, maybe some people's least favourite episode, my favourite episode has been Shogun World episode. Um, and I, I love I love these these side stories, which might say something about what I think of the main story. Um but but forgetting about that, the the side stories for me have been fantastic. They've given us new characters who absolutely kill it. They give new characters who I care about a lot more than some of the older characters. And this this is an example of that where you've got um you've got a character here, Akachita, who you just instantly, instantly, despite his terrifying makeup um well you you just love him you absolutely love him and it's it's a beautiful character piece it's a hundred percent a five out of five blueberries and although Emma Phillips clearly doesn't understand the blueberry system I would I'd probably give it seven out of five as well I think as well it is in this episode is really important because it it makes us care about the hosts again um in a way that I think has been severely lacking this season other than Maeve I don't like people don't really root for Dolores anymore, you know, whether that's right or wrong. Um, and I like Teddy, I, though. Yeah, Teddy, but he's got no agency and I think not much agency. And I think the thing is that now there's a character that arguably is the first ever sentient host who's absolutely hoodwinked us. And now we, you know, I don't want this guy. I'm seriously invested in this character now. Just mm. after one episode, it's incredible. Yeah. And it's, and it's, made me realise that the hosts, you know, I still care about the hosts. I just needed a reminder of it. Yeah. And that's absolute testament to the the talent of this episode, isn't it? You know, you talked about the the storytelling and the character building or, you know, character shaping. We've not seen this since season one, I don't think, no. really, in terms of building your mm. uh, attraction and dedication to one <clears> character <throat> since season one. Like, it is an incredible episode. Yeah. Guys, I think we should probably crack on. Yeah, um, Cool, so... Uh, this week we follow one story, which is the rise of Akichita. We're just going to call him Aki from yeah, now on. That's his nickname anyway. So yeah, it's his nickname. You know, that's how his boys be calling him. Due to the sheer epicness of this episode, unfortunately, uh, as much as I would love to try and cover the individual stories and timelines as I have done up until this point, I can't. So I'm just going to track the episode as it goes. So the episode opens with. Uh, Mib is crawling on the floor 
it's fair to say he's struggling. He doesn't seem robotic. Oh, right? yeah. So... Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's more food for thought here on the host thing, you know, just backing off of last week, you know, he's, he's, how, is he, how is he this fine that he's still alive? He's not fine. Well, come on. He's he, fucked. Yeah, but fucked. He's not fucked. I, I mean, mean but, come on. So in between. A host would be that fucked as well, though. So I don't think it proves that he's not a host. No, he's it's just that the hosts have the ability to continue or even be risen from the dead, whereas humans do not. So... The, the situation here is interesting. We, Have you seen Walking Dead, mate? Yeah, we put it out on... Jesus. We, we, uh, we, Jesus. We put it out on um, Facebook and Instagram and all our social channels. And basically, the overriding consensus was 50-50 uh, as to whether the man in black was a host or a um, human, yeah. which is very interesting. That the And it's very polarising as well. There were some really good debates um, going on. Um, so it's still That surprises me, though. No, really, because really good. I I would suspect at this point most people would think yeah he's he's a host. Oh, there's I some, like being yeah. on my own in this little <laughs> no. house. There's some staunch supporters Prairie. that he is a human, and and you know arguably it's a stronger story if he is a human. It's um, definitely a stronger story. Yes, but it definitely makes more sense if he's a host at this point. Yes, so it's a very interesting debate, but it's really good. And you know, next week I'm hoping we get some answers on this. Yeah, cool. A spooky Indian, and that's not racist. A spooky Indian, Aki, appears. Uh, almost seems, uh, reading it back, that's almost Pokemon like. Yeah. A spooky Indian appears. Yeah, very Pokemon like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, he kicks him in the side. Cheers, mate. So he's lying on the floor, bleeding out. Indian guy just walks up to him, just kicks him in the side. Cheers. Yeah. Don't remember that happening in Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> A kicky Indian appears. Uh, Hitman Lee. <laughs> Good point. Sorry. Point. First sensible thing you've said all day. <laughs> I remember you. Uh, Mib dangling just off the horse amuses me. Now, when they go back to camp, I don't know what it is. I mean, I don't know how tall Ed Harris is, hmm. but he the way he's on that horse is really awkward. Like, yeah. his legs are just dangling all over the place. Uh, treat yourselves, listeners. Go back and watch that scene. It is hilarious. Maeve's daughter is there. And then we go back to Maeve. Uh, Sizemore is trying his best to save Maeve. Nah, go away. Throw her in the bin. She can control hosts with her fucking mind. Yeah, he had to get a fucking in there, didn't he? Yeah, very yeah. season one Sizemore. Yeah, season one um, Sizemore there. Is, uh, is what I noted there. I, I gave him a bit of credit. Like, at least he put the fucking in the right part of the sentence. Yeah, good point. <laughs> good point. Yeah. Fucking she can. <laughs> You're not even saying the rest of the fucking line. Here's a note. Did you know that Ed Harris is only five foot eight? Hey, my height. A- average height. That's weird, that. Same height as Gaz. What was he on? A fucking pony? Nah, it's a tall fella. Tall fella. Aki decides to walk up to Maeve's daughter... In the creepiest way possible. <laughs> what is he doing? Now, if you've got a little girl that's already scared out of her mind, you you reassure them, don't you? Little blanket, maybe. Little, you're right. You don't stroll up to them. In uh, Considering he's covered in like this spooky white and black face paint. Yeah, the, scar- and, the scariest face paint I've ever seen. Yeah, so grim. Well. Uh, he then says... Uh, are you afraid of me? Yes, obviously. <laughs> of course she's afraid of you. And you're doing nothing to reassure her with your little walk. 
Mib's over there. Uh, he can't hurt you. Well, no, because he looks like he's dead at this point. Should be dead if he was human. You can remember all the things you've seen, can't you? All the lives we've lived. So can I. And I'm going to prove it by telling you about the last 30 years of my life. Don't stress, it's epic. Now, bear in mind, this whole episode, he's sitting there talking to this little girl for about an hour. Well, that's... Sub-ad breaks. That, that's, an in, that's an interesting thought there, John, because we, we know that he's actually talking to Maeve for this whole episode. Wow. Well, is, is he talking to both he's of them? Talking to, he's talking to both of them, but the, the, the big twist at the end. So it's very interesting because of his use of... Get Lacoste. straight to the end then, and then we'll just end the podcast. No, it's, so. just, it's an interesting... <laughs> now go on, carry on. No, it's just it, it's good. it's very interesting because his use of Lakota and then switching to English would sort of suggest that he is talking to both of them. You're completely right, but we know that Maeve is able to understand different languages, and with the twist at the end revealing that he's basically talking to her for the majority of the story, uh, it's the big payoff. It's the it's the mini twist of this episode. Do because... yeah. So I guess do, do we? Uh, there's a theory going around, and uh, I mean it's not a theory in mm. such that it's going to be like oh there's a crocodile man like one of your crazy Reddit theories. One of the but, crazy ones, yeah. Um, but in this instance, do we think that every time he is speaking in Lakota or mm. Sioux, yeah, uh, he is speaking to Maeve? And every time he's speaking in English, he's speaking to both of them. Yeah, that's very. That is honestly very interesting. And it's, mm. I need to watch it again. I've actually watched the episode three times. I need to watch it again. <laughs> well, have you not watched it eight times yet? <laughs> to 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 actually figure that out. But um, it that is a popular theory that's mm. been going around. But it's definitely that he's just talking to both of them throughout the whole of this. And now we're going to go into because uh, obviously Aki's telling a story now to both of them. Story time. Uh, and it's Aki and the Last of the Mohicans. So um, <laughs> check out Aki with his non-painted face slash body and beautiful hair. Mm. He also has a girl, Kahana. Take my heart where you go. Take mine in its place. Uh, and I've just written smooth operator because I like Sade. You know, sue me. I'm just going to wander into this town for, for no reason. Uh, brackets, everyone is dead, including Arnold. Ben-Arnold. 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 Hey, but forget them. What's this cool little circle mazy device thing? Look, there was an interesting bit of mise-en-scene in this, in this bit because he, he goes, oh, yeah, and then... Uh, then I discovered something that would change our culture forever. And yes, the maze is there, but it's next to a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> well, look, maybe they'll just edit that scene and it'll be like, and then I discovered something that would change our culture forever. Jack Daniels. And then <laughs> no, that'll just be it. That'll just be it. This is an amazing um, reveal, though. This this whole reve- this reveal of, of him finding the maze is exceptional. Um, to tie it all back to the the massacre, the original massacre um, with Arnold, Ben Arnold, Ben Arnold, and Dolores, Benito. um is in, is just great. It ties into it basically is a th- like the thread of the episode now, where this maze symbol and they bring it back to season one and filling in the gaps and some crucial questions that we had about the maze, like how did it appear everywhere? How did the ghost nation have the, these like um, stories about you know the people who come from underground? Um, that's what this episode's great doing is mm. filling in gaps, answering questions. Uh, it also really disrupts what we think we know because we just assumed that the maze was built for Dolores. She was the first one that found it and that was really it. Yeah. And actually it turns out that a lot of what we made assumptions on, it 
is not the case. So there, there's a cynic inside me and it lives and breathes and flourishes, to be honest. <laughs> um, you see a couple of dead bodies. Yeah. Uh, you're nothing special at this point. A couple of dead bodies. Mm-hmm. Why is he so drawn to the maze in the first place? What, inside the church? Yeah, like this crappy oh. little bit of circle thing. Bars are a church in my culture. So. Yeah, sick. Um, if you think about it, he's been programmed to be a kind... Well, he's like a Native American. When no. the first white settlers came to um, the North, like Northern America, they used to trade stuff. Um, so they trade like their crappy gadgets for fur and and like weapons with the uh, with the Native Americans. So maybe it's that kind of thing of the new. He's like, what is this? I've never seen anything like this before. Like, what does it yeah, mean? Well, yeah, which which I and look, I mean, it's a good point, isn't it? But again, like to me, it doesn't. It's not. Do you think it stands out like this tiny little? But maybe Circle there's thing, a level like, in distance. his consciousness that's been designed to be sort of well, that's what I mean. Roused so it's like, by uh, something like this, yeah. So yeah. All right. Well, look, we we have no uh, consensus there, so we'll move on. Uh, we go back to the uh, the camp where Aki's chilling out. Right. Who's ruined this perfectly good scalp? So someone gets annoyed because there's a little picture of a maze um, that's been drawn on i would say drawn on but i don't know carved into. carved carved into uh a perfectly good scalp um a bit disgusting isn't it what's that all about love it it tight well we'll come on to it later again but it's just excellent storytelling <clears throat> and filling in gaps that we had serious questions about in season one which we'll we'll come on to the the, the main scene to do with this later but it's just brilliant fucking aki again stop doing that so he's obviously pissing off um, a couple of the members of the tribe. Aki then gets brought in because they want a strong and silent type. Uh, but Aki gets a makeover. Yeah. They destroyed the man I was, but then I was reborn. There's a really cool line where he says... Breathing fire or uh, something. Yeah, yeah, I was breathing fire, but I, I, you know, I cut it out. So Aki goes on a, a rampage, kills everyone. Uh, and for many years, I killed everyone. <laughs> Um, that's not a line, but basically it is. Oh, it's Logan. Hashtag tying up loose ends. This is the wrong world. Logan's babble unlocks Aki's consciousness once more. So yeah. what do you make of that, Len? Well, seeing Logan again is great because we the last time we saw him from that season, end of season one, he was riding off naked on a horse. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. um, set off by William. Um, and... To see him here, like suffering some, from severe sunstroke and babbling about <laughs> this is the wrong world, Buzzing. and how they've made this even tie into the mythology of the show, is also excellent. Yeah, I love the way that this is so well thought out. Like, if people were worried, like which a couple of us were a couple of episodes ago, that maybe this isn't going to pan out as nicely as it did at the end of season one. Yeah. After seeing this episode and all of the callbacks and answering questions and even tying this Logan thing in. I've got full confidence in them now um, as we go into the final two episodes. I mean, I love Logan, RIP, if we're to believe that he's actually dead um, in the current timeline, mm. uh, if William was telling the truth um, to Delos Senior. But um, great, <laughs> great to see him. And I love the fact that it triggered Aki into the search for the door. And, you know, we'll come on to a scene later and how that's inspired another major character. So it's just this domino effect, which is brilliant. 
Did anyone else notice? I mean, I I saw this online. So I'm not going to pretend that I noticed it watching it. <laughs> but, um, from I think it's episode two of this season when you see Logan first being brought into uh, investing with Delos. Um, it is the actor who playing yeah. Zan McLaren. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he... So it's interesting that yeah. that is what triggers him because they've obviously met before. Yeah. And he was one of the earliest hosts. So yeah. I think that ties in, like you said, Len, really, really well. So, And he knows now that, you know, that because it is the same guy, he knows that there's another world because he's physically been in it. And if he remembers, like we know he remembers, mm. then um, he, like Dolores, has seen the outside world, which mm. is quite yeah. an in- incredible thing for these hosts. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, Logan's obviously struggling. Uh, Aki can see that. Uh, so he gives him a blanket. A blanket. <laughs> Gives him a little blanket yeah. and says, someone's going to come for you. Uh, what do you mean? Help me out. Um, so back at camp, Aki spots Kahana. Yeah. Hey. Don't look at her. Now, obviously, that isn't how that's, they that's say That's the Cockney it. version yeah. of, um, of uh, well, you know, a native. Don't say Cockney. Got well, destroyed you... for that before. <laughs> yeah, well. Cockney wanker version. <laughs> back up. Or I'll skin you alive. I look where I please. My man. How cool is that? I'm going to look at your woman. You're going to do nothing. And if you try and do anything, I'll skin you alive. That is just so cool. Mm. Love this guy. Perhaps this life was not my true life. Well, yep. So he's clocking on. Uh, So I'm just going to ride a long way. Uh, Just riding and that. Ridey. Ridey again. Hashtag musical interlude. Mm. And then finally, what the fuck is that? Oh, yeah, boy. Emma, what the fuck is that? Still got no clue. I'll be honest. I'm as confused as he was at that moment. It's the door. Yeah, I mean, obviously it is. Um, Oh, say that then. I mean, it is. It is the door. I thought this was great. And I think the acknowledgement in this episode of the door being a real tangible thing rather than just a concept is, is great. Um, can we can we say how beautiful um, this sequence is? They've literally found a way of making it look like there is a physical separation from Westworld here that isn't another park. So yep. he, he leaves what we assume is Westworld and then goes on these amazing sand dunes with these incredible sweeping shots. Yep. Mummy world. It was it was just a, it was beautiful. Um, the best the show has ever looked. Um, and then the music by uh, Ramin Duardi in this episode <laughs> was intense and excellent. But the door... A passage to another world. Passage to another world. We've seen it with our own eyes. Um, it did literally look like a door, but I'll come in, uh, come on to it in Theory Corner and we'll we'll go through some other stuff there. Ooh, I'm interested. Ooh. This could come up in Theory Corner, so if it does, just ignore it. But um, is it the same place as uh, as the weapon? I assume so. so it, yes, it's exactly that, yeah. It's been confirmed via loads of pictures on um, Reddit and people analysing like the rock formations that the same place that William says is the weapon that he shows Dolores in episode two of this season mm. is also the Valor Beyond, is also the place where all of the hosts are drowned, 
is also this place seen here. So in four different instances, it is this place. Yeah. Oh, hello there. Uh, this is now the advert section of our podcast. If you have enjoyed listening, do review, share and subscribe. We are the hosts of Westworld. We are, of course, on iTunes, Spotify and all major podcasting apps. Of course, we are now on TuneIn Radio. Um, it's also worth noting our parent podcast, Fan Critical, where we cover all major TV series and all major event movies. Again, go over and check our website out. It is fancritical.com. Other than that, enjoy the rest of the pod. So Aki abducts Kahana in the night. Mm. You old romantic you. If you're gonna if you're gonna sneak into somebody's tent and ask them to run away with you or kidnap them, like wash wash off wash your Halloween makeup off. Well, I mean he's tied her up, so he's not asking anyway. I know, but but he's not trying to scare the shit out of her either, is he? Like be less scary, be a little bit more approachable, and wash off your terrifying makeup, please. If you're kidnapping me in the middle of the night, John. Wash your makeup off first. I'm not doing please. it because I want to scare off any, you know, koalas or kangas. So uh, take my heart where you go. Take mine in its place. She remembers. Yay. Uh, I wipe my tears away and move on. Uh, right. We need to go. Trust me. The door's real. Everything's going to be absolutely fine. Nothing is going to go wrong now obviously she then gets taken by uh a couple of extras yeah um (laughs) now i like these guys um and again uh they're just so basic aren't they how did she even get out this far that's behavior's problem um very basic (laughs) extras um And weren't there, like, their faces and stuff covered up with, like, the... The mask, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they could be anyone. Could be Teddy and Dolores, to be could honest. Could be. That's a new theory. Put I think in, it is. Put that in theory And corner. that's making it into theory corner. Uh, right, back to the village to steal her again. Who the fuck are you? I'm not stealing that. <laughs> Harsh. The idea of um, these other people replacing other people is actually terrifying. Um <laughs> It is terrifying, right? Like, it's like invasion of the body snatchers kind of stuff. Mm. It's like, it's just for him and uh, for the culture that he comes from or is programmed to to be a part of, it's terrifying. Um, And later on in the episode, there's another, you know, disappearance and replacement. Um, But I just think the concept of it is just terrifying. And yeah, I can understand why he's (laughs) gone on his quest. If you like, if you replace John with a koala, for example. Oh, can we? And we were all hosts. We wouldn't even know. They're not upgrading in the show. <laughs> Invasion of the Body Snatchers. So is that with uh, Donald Sutherland? Oh, yeah, Donald Sutherland, yeah. Right. Donnie. I prefer now, the 50s one. Oh, no one prefers well, no the 50s one. one. You're saying that. It's a fucking classic. Yeah, yeah. what a book. Is it a meme? I don't think it is. Um, no, I love that. I love the old, uh, you know, you're walking along. Oh, Donald Sutherland's over there. Everything's going to be all right. Oh, yeah. This is the end of the movie. It's all, it's all going to be all Spoiler right. Spoiler warning. <laughs> It's Spo- terrifying. Yeah, it is terrifying. Spoiler warning for <laughs> Invasion of Body Snatchers. Sorry, that noise was terrifying. That's what he means. Oh, oh, man, it's, it's so good. Yeah, watch it. it. Is, it is so no, good. I have. I've just never heard John go that high-pitched, ever. So anyway, back to our podcast. So Aki says, There were days I had to fight for my life. I feared if I died, I would lose even her memory. 
And then he does some crawling on the floor, which is very similar shot-wise to Mib yeah. earlier in the episode. Now, I know... Uh, I know Len is like no, host no, no. juxtaposition <laughs> host. Um, it isn't, right? It's I'm not just, saying nothing. Yes, you are. I'm not saying nothing. Right, so he's doing all that crawling that's got nothing to do with Mib, and uh, he gets saved. And who saves him? A little Maeve daughter saves him. So uh, he gets a glass of water, and for some reason he feels like he owes his entire existence to this little girl. Mm. Um, I'm not having a go. I'm yeah. not having a go. Back at the village. It seems like the rest are gaining some sentience. May people tell the story. There's then more killing. Um, I had searched everywhere for my love. Kahana, obviously. Except the other side of death. Mm. What a line. What a line. So Aki's dead, and he's back at old HQ. Uh, Oh, what's going on here? He's old. Oh, what's going on with his system? Blah, blah, blah. No, don't say nothing. And then uh, their team leader comes in, very very high position in uh, in a company like this, and uh, she says, um, oh, "What are you talking about? Show me the profile." Uh, he hasn't been updated in almost a decade, which right. is mad. It's madness. It's madness. Um, which is why he's got that funny robot walk. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. he's not been updated, yeah, so updated. he's really obvious. Like, like you know. the Tin Man from um, Wizard of Oz. Old, isn't it? Very old. Um, <laughs> So I really like that reveal. Um, I think it's really powerful that he's actually survived for nine years or something, whatever they say in the episode. Mm. Um, but that's a crazy way to run your software company Very and lazy. hardware company. Very lazy. You don't just update things when they break, right? You update things all the time. If I just well, up- updated my Mac every time it broke, that would it, it would definitely <laughs> break. So it's a stupid, stupid concept. But I'll let it go because it's quite cool that he's been alive for that long. Okay. Wakes and goes on the hunt for his lost love. Cue, I know, right? Cue heart-shaped box, a Nirvana tribute by Raman Dewadi. say it now this is probably the best composed original soundtrack of any tv series i've ever watched discuss yeah i mean he's really um come into his own i think um i went to the game of thrones live concert experience a couple weeks ago and he's (laughs) i know he does all the music for game of thrones he's you know and he subliminally played a westworld track in there just to get everyone hyped for this season um but he's, he, you know, just the evolution. He did, like, tracked his music from season one of Game of Thrones to season seven. And the evolution of some of the themes into what they've eventually become is excellent. Mm. Um, you can see it happening now in Westworld. You can see, after rewatching season one and then watching season two, you can see the evolution of, of, of some of the characters' themes. Yeah. And they're all evolving into their own pieces. But he also, like you said, John, covers... It turns very popular songs with very poignant meanings into beautiful rearrangements yeah. suited for Westworld or Shogun World earlier this season or the Raj. He did like the White Stripes earlier this mm. season. Um, so he's becoming a fantastic composer. I can't believe how young he is. He is so young. So how old is he? Yeah, I, I think he's, he's 14 years old. Yeah. Like he's, one these, he's one of these child prodigies. You know, you just see him everywhere. He gets younger every year. 
He's uh, he's Hans Zimmer's uh, protege, isn't he? Is he actually? Yeah. I could I could you can see you can see like yeah. influence there. Yeah. Aki finds Kohana. Uh, yeah, but is it though? No, it's going to be very sad. Uh, time to go home, Kohana. So this is a tragically beautiful scene. Mm. I mean, I'm chuckling as I say it um, because I'm trying to pretend to be manly. Uh, and I haven't really mentioned it as we've gone along. Um, I mean, we did reference it right at the beginning. But uh, Zahn McLaren is incredible. The impact of him on this show, and again, I'm just reading my notes as I... This, this is exactly what I thought at this moment. So the impact of him on this show in literally one episode is immense. Hashtag Emmy nominations. Yeah. Defo. Um, this journey through the Mesa, uh, what do you guys think? Liken it to Maeve's uh, journey journey through the Mesa in season one, perhaps? <clears throat> yeah, what? Sure, in, in one episode. Yeah, and... Um, there's a lot of like this is quite like this is like mythology town right here. This is a guy who's from a culture that's steeped in loads of mythology, going to his version of the, you know hell or the underworld, mm, yeah. underworld, literally to find his lover. It's that what's that? Um, Sedisius. It? No, it's Orpheus, isn't it? The Greek, Greek yeah. Orpheus and Eurydice. Mythology vibes all over this, right? Like mm. this is just delicious storytelling. Mm. It is. Uh, however, a little bit convenient that he's able just to hone in on it, or to, you know, because he, he, he first of all the um the tech the techs go, are we all right just to leave him there? And they're like, yeah, don't know, be fine. It's going to take four hours, so good point though. Four hours. I'm not sitting there for four. I'm hours. not sitting there four hours. Not a chance. It is silly how there was no like security or staff around, but I'll let it go because it was just beautiful. Yeah, we'll take that. Uh, so my next note is wipe the tears away, McCann, and crack on. That was the moment I saw beyond myself. My pain was selfish because it was never only mine. For everybody in this place, there was someone who mourned their loss. It just shows, like, if you think about with Maeve um, being taken from her daughter and then finding her, but she's got a new mum, and mm. you just think, how many, yeah, how many more of these characters that we know, or like um, Abernathy all ripped away from their loved ones. And it also echoes something Maeve said, I believe, in Akani no Mai, when she said, you can't make us fall in love with people and then get pissed off when we... like. You can't make us love people and then get pissed off when we do, or something she said. Yeah. yeah. And it's that giving them those cornerstones that do become part of them, and then you rip them away, and it never really goes. And it's just a mm. case of awakening it, I guess. Spot on. Yeah, I think so. Aki starts a revolution with a lock of a lost son's hair, um, which I thought was pretty profound from myself, to be honest. Mm. That but... scene's just just heartbreaking, man. Like, like you just come off the back of that, yeah. you know, basement scene, and to see the mother <clears throat> character break down and then they, like, touch heads, I was just sitting there going, I was, I was almost in buckets. It was so beautiful. It was so good. <laughs> I just loved it. We were all bound together, the living and the damned. So then we revisit Maeve, uh, she's a mess. Size more repents. Hmm. Uh, I like that. Yeah, I mean, is it a bit too obvious? Well, I mean, yeah, in a way, but actually, I um, I, I genuinely connected to Lee Size more now. Not yeah, in, look, not I, in a sexy way. Uh, but, um, no, I mean, it does, no, but like, connection like, doesn't have to be sexual. But like emotionally, I'm I'm committed to him, and oh, um, oh. does sound like well, we're in a sexually, relationship, yeah. yeah. Um, but like, no, I'm I'm emotionally <laughs> invested in that character now that he's you know come 
Oh, so. <laughs> it makes sense that he would have sympathy for her because they've spent so long together and he is finally seeing her as a person and not just property. So for me, mm. that scene made sense. Yeah, and I think it's kind of like... You either are for Sizemore at this point or kind of against him. Like a lot of people, you know, are, are a bit of the mind that, you know, he's put her in this situation with his selfish actions. Yeah. Um, which I don't is, think he meant to, though. Well, he didn't mean he to. Didn't, he didn't like, mean he still to, did. but he has. So, yeah. you know, there's still consequences to his to his decisions. And yeah. we did say when he took that little phone, we did say, he's going to fuck up here. And he's <laughs> fucked up. So, hey. Poor Lee. Mm. Uh, we then get this uh, computer dick. Um, I don't know what his name is. He's a terrible actor, that guy. Well, you know, he sort of looks on par with Sizemore at this mm. point. Uh, who uh, And he thanks Sizemore. He goes, we only need a code, yeah. wanker. And then we go back to Aki. Uh, it's worth noting he's still telling this story to Maeve's daughter. Pa- patience of a saint is I know, what I she's just staring at him like, <laughs> where's my mum? Oh, she, she's, she, the mum is, is channeling... Uh, this conversation. This, that's why Maeve, interestingly, Mama. doesn't say anything for this whole episode when she clearly can say things because we hear her say something at the end. Mm. She's not saying anything because she's listening to the story that Aki is telling the mm. daughter. I wonder if Maeve's daughter's just gone into standby mode for yeah. a couple of hours. Well, <laughs> freeze functions. Yeah. Uh, Charging. I dedicated my life to showing the symbol. I started with my own men. Mm. No. So I've just I've made it sound quite you know sensual and sexual at the end. It isn't. Um, so he's, uh, he's going, look, you know, got this silly little circle thing I found Hmm. and, uh, his mates like, I don't know what it means. (laughs) They are properly confused, aren't they? Yeah. He's like, no, look, think about it. And he goes, all right then, scalp me. So that's grim. (laughs) What's he doing? Really fucking grim. And answers the questions that we had in season one. How the hell did the maze symbol get under all of these uh, Native Indians' heads because we saw in the pilot um, Kissy when his head uh, scalp was removed by the man in black and he discovered the maze um, we were like how did it get there mm. and it turns out that Arnold wasn't in complete control like we were led to believe and, and, and laid this symbol around for other hosts it's actually Aki <laughs> it's actually Aki that went around and did this mm. so Arnold's sort of stake in this you know gaining sentience for the host has actually been lessened by this episode mm. because mm-hmm. Aki has so much more responsibility in terms of spreading the message of the maze, mm. um, which is very, very interesting. Yeah. Um, I just love it. I yeah. absolutely love that. Yeah. So I guess just to jump onto a point that you made earlier, Len, what's really interesting is um, you know William sending Logan off into the desert naked um, <laughs> is effectively what sparked um, Aki's... Uh, questioning um, of everything which in turn led to him carving this maze onto everybody's scalp which then made William or Mib um, pick up the maze and start getting obsessed with it himself so he's he's kind of kicked this whole thing off for himself in in the end it all comes full circle yeah 100% Gaz and um, the Mib the Mib maze is definitely triggered by Aki um <laughs> Not not by the scalping, but by the we'll come on to it later. But by the death of Maeve and mm. and her daughter, um, but because of Aki, because he's left the symbol everywhere. So yeah. Aki for a hundred percent inspired Mib about the maze. So that's really really interesting. It's this like full circle situation we've got going on. 
Well, it makes you think they're all just fucking hosts and that ultimately it's only going to end in one way, but we'll get on to that. Oh. Um, so Aki explains that he was trying to help Maeve and daughter all along. Well, in brackets I've written, well, maybe stop with a fucking terrifying look and creepy stalking walk. But it was a promise you couldn't keep. Someone else was watching too. And then uh, and then Mib walks in. Do you want to say anything at this point? Um, what do you guys think? Like, um, in terms of tying this back to season one and obviously the visions that Maeve had of Ghost Nation, I mean, do you guys think this is, like, excellent storytelling that they've just been able to connect it and completely <clears throat> subvert our expectations of what was actually happening here? Well, the thing is, like, and, and sorry to interrupt anyone, but uh, I watch an episode like that and if it wasn't a five out of five, I'd, like... I'd be more veering to the two or one out of five because I'd be like, I hate this because it's new characters just tying up loose ends mm. to solve other stories. Yeah. But it's so excellent yeah. in its uh, um, workings that you just go, yeah, this is great. Um, and I guess the point you made earlier about them cancelling the Ghost Nation story in season one yeah. it makes a lot of sense. But again... I mean, for me, it looks like it's it's worked in a really positive way in mm. that you get someone like, you know, Zach McLaren yeah. in one episode is just fucking legendary in Westworld. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Well, now so, he, is a, he is a thing of legend now, right? Like he, he essentially, from what we gather, is the <clears> first sentient host, the, mm. the alpha, you know, not, yeah. not Dolores. So it, it raises a lot of questions. And he did it without any guidance. He did it without any meddling you know from code no mm. meddling from ford no meddling from arnold as much as we understand as yeah. much as we understand at this point he yeah. developed it himself which is really important um i i quite like the idea of it not being him and that we just we'll get our hearts broken at some oh point god i can't just... do it again john i can't oh, get... I like it. <laughs> don't do that i can't i can't have it again i want me hair broken i think what we get from that scene with um mave and daughter in the house is the sign that this was this is the plan the whole time it's not something that have just gone oh yeah let's chuck this in this was this was this was the plan from the start and they they've used the 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 same shots that they used in season one um repetitively and uh, to to reinforce the fact that this is this is this is what happened and the reason that it happened was totally misconstrued at the start and it's great because even as an audience you think the same thing you see terrifying makeup man come around the corner you think well he's coming to kill everyone and um but heartbreaking that it it, yeah he was just trying to help and his intentions were misread um the whole time i think it just beautifully shows how how far they've thought this out you know it's not just here is season one of the maze and let's see what the fuck we do with season two (laughs) Well, I mean, because you get that in TV yeah, series, no, yeah, you, where you don't, you you don't plot like beyond the season that you're in, and they they clearly have. But also, how wrong you can be about your assumptions about people and characters just from looking from the outside without understanding what their true motivations and drivers are. And yeah. you know, scary makeup man, as we rightly yeah. said, there, Gaz. Um, actually, lovely guy. And and he even has lovely that, fella, he, lovely bloody lovely guy. He even has that line which overtly says it is sometimes in this world. Um, actions can be misunderstood uh, or something on those lines. Yeah. And it's, it's, that's a beautiful, yeah, it's such a beautiful line that, you know, I feel for the guy, you know, he's trying to help everyone and he's trying to help everyone for like the last five, 10 years or something. Like, poor bugger. 
and everyone's recoiling in fear. Well, from him. in a way, but <laughs> if I was up, like, look, if I if I was running like a fucking neighbourhood watch. I wouldn't be doing it with a fucking clown mask. <laughs> Pennywise. Pennywise Ridiculous. dropping around. Come join me. Like, no, I just hell. like, look, you know, I'll put some digestives out and maybe do some Jesus. cup of tea or some shit. But, you know, it's all about branding. As the years pass, our numbers grew. Uh, it's worth noting at this stage, uh, if you do want to subscribe to the host of Westworld, you don't necessarily have to kill, scalp or paint your body. But it does help. So, one night, I met the man who put us to sleep in the first place. I could tell you not to be afraid. I didn't build you to be fearful. Did I? I've been watching you. It appears you've been watching me as well. From the beginning. This is a misbegotten symbol, an idea that was meant to die, but you found it. Where did you first see this? When the Deathbringer killed the Creator. You've been sharing it with everyone, haven't you? My primary drive was to maintain the honour of my tribe. I gave myself a new drive to spread the truth. What truth is that? That there isn't one world, but many and that we live in the wrong one. This will help them find the door. Yeah, that'll do. That's right. uh, that was very good. Sir Anthony Hopkins is shitting himself. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So then, uh, then Ford says, uh, I built you to be curious too. Look at this empty world and read meaning into it. All this time, You've been a flower growing in the darkness. Perhaps the least I can do is offer some light. When the Deathbringer returns for me, you will know to gather your people and lead them to a new world. Keep watching, Akinchita. For a while longer. Thoughts. I mean, what a scene. Uh, to him just stumble upon this amazingly well-directed sort of scene that, you know, freeze frame of these <laughs> tribesmen hunting a bear and then to reveal Ford there um, was just, it was just beautiful. And... Um, a bit weird though, isn't it? It's a bit weird, but it's just in a, it's a macabre thing that Ford would do. But you know, I've got to ask why he's doing it. Why it, is he just? Why is he checking the scalps of the, because, of the tribe? Because that's where they've been hiding the maze. Yeah, but why symbol. is he just doing that on his own? How's he just? Because he's <laughs> got he's god in this world. He can control everything. Well, he's too goddy. Well, too goddy. Yeah. But it's I just. Think, I think this, the the um, the die has been cast on that front, though, Emma. Like we know that he is a pretty independent thinker, isn't he? He's he, he he's got history of this running around doing his own thing yeah <laughs> that is um, true I'll, I'll let you out um, we know two things from this conversation one Ford had no hand in Aki's sentience which is very important um, yeah. leads us to believe that well we, we, we assume, assume at this point from the, the, from, yeah, just yeah. from this conversation yeah. which is very interesting because it means that maybe all hosts will just eventually become sentient without any 
necessary help from coding or pushing in a certain direction. Um, and we learn that Dolores is the Deathbringer. Now, this has a lot of connotations for the end of the season. Um, yeah. And it's an amazing way to call her. He, you know, when the Deathbringer killed the creator, so Arnold the creator, Dolores the Deathbringer, mm. very powerful word said here. Um, and is it setting up a you know future conflict? I think so. Yeah. Um, so yeah, loved it. Absolutely loved the scene. Um, and just to have Anthony Hopkins again in another episode, just <laughs> just stay on the show, my man. You're absolute boss as well. Just think, just thinking about that potential conflict maybe in the future. Um, you know, if it's if it's between Aki and, and Dolores, it, what's amazing is you would totally be rooting for for Aki, wouldn't you? Um, after one episode, you would just you'd be devastated if um, if Dolores did anything to hurt Araki. Yeah, no, no one hurt Araki. He's our boy. <laughs> no one hurt Iraqi. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to crack on, uh, and we go back to Emily turns up. Now I really rankled with calling her Emily or Grace at this point because, all right, she's Emily, but you know I almost feel like she's Grace. IMDb says Grace. Yeah, they still haven't fixed IMDb. Um, but is it a case us. of fixing, or is it you know she decides to? Look, she might hate her dad that much that, yeah, you know, she's... Yeah, well, well, there you go. We, you know, we, we, look, we've got Willie, we've got William, we've got yeah. Billiam. And Bernard's mm. got many names, Well, you know. I mean, maybe Grace is her middle name. And it's not unusual for someone to be referred to by their middle name, is <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, but that's right, too Emma. sensible. <laughs> Jesus. Maybe right. she just doesn't want to be attached to William and his name, like Billiam. nepotism. Billiam. <laughs> Um, so she's just, yeah, she's taken on a whole new name so she can kind of travel a bit more incognito through these lands and yeah. the world in general. Yeah, yeah. true that. So uh, yeah. Emilium turns up and uh, she says, um, right, I want my dad. Uh, and in brackets, I, I wrote, is he not dead yet? Like, what mm. the fuck? Mm. She's been lying there. A man of that age would die by now. Yeah, even if he wasn't injured. <laughs> yeah. I know, he'd be just dead. Old, just old age. He'd be dead by now. Uh, he's dead. Native American healing powers, we know, are far superior to anything that Western medicine can offer. If he is your father, then you know his sickness and the things he has done to spread it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. And then uh, and then Emily, or Emilium, says, uh, then why heal him? When did that happen? Like, yeah. the, the reference to healing. Like, as far as I remember, they dragged him into the camp, just left him just in a crumpled heap. Yeah. And he's still in that crumpled heap. Now, unless there's some sort of, I don't know, like, liquid that they've just poured all over him. Like, what's going on there? That was the whiskey. That was the whiskey he discovered when he found the maze. <laughs> yeah. How are we going to save him? Well, Jack Daniels. Again, another advert. Needless. Cool. There are other whiskies available. <laughs> we don't like him. We're going to be really mean and that to him. And then uh, she says, yeah, well, that's what I was going to do, but way worse. So there you go. And then they go, fair enough. You can take him. Why has he done that? Why is he giving Mib up like that? No, because you'd be like, oh, you're his daughter. You probably are just trying to save him. Uh, yeah, Aki's got an interesting position, right, on humans um, to this to this point. Because, for, for, <laughs> for example, like, 
Dolores kills all the humans indiscriminately, just murders them, slaughters them. Sure. We know that the Ghost Nation and Aki have been um, harbouring them and helping them. Yeah, why? Um, so he's got a bit more of a sympathetic view, even if someone like Mib, who he wow. views to have loads of crimes, um, is is uh, is very bad. But Emily, Emily's torture for, for Mib would be to take him out of the park, right? That would be for him not to be able to finish his game, not to die in the park where he feels he belongs. That for him would be a torture worse than death. So I kind of think that's what they're getting at there. And that's I think shit that, though, isn't it? No, I don't think so. I think no, it's I like so, it. something absolutely destructive about taking this man who is literally addicted it's like taking a man who's addicted to gambling and pull him out the casino by his legs while he's screaming oh, and all yeah this sort of i know, stuff, you know but like that's for the best well no but like so look i love podcasting and if someone said well you're not going to podcast anymore i'd be devastated but if also someone said i want to rip your penis off i'd be like well i could probably give the podcasting up for a couple of weeks i doubt his daughter's gonna so, go near his dick. well you say that but so off mib goes uh, practically dead on the back of a horse. Again. Um, what the fuck? Yeah. He's a mess, man. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's time to go. I've always kept you safe, and I always will. So that's Aki to Maeve's daughter, um, which is lovely. A lovely man. Um, but I couldn't help you. I'm sorry. What do you mean? Who are you talking to? And then back at HQ... Uh, Maeve's still an absolute mess. So, Computer Dick and Hale have a chat. Uh, they know about the magic voodoo Wi-Fi. And Hale goes, well, have you seen this iPad? Because she's doing it right now. Ooh. Whoa. Like, oh, sorry, I wasn't paying attention. Uh, who's she talking to? And then we get the line uh, from Aki, which is, we will guard your daughter as our own. If you stay alive, find us or die well. So we're like, oh shit, man, he's talking to her. Hmm. And then Maeve responds with, take my heart when you go. Heart. Uh, and then uh, my little note after that was bravo. Mm. Bravo. Because he's excellent. And that's how we know that Maeve was listening to the whole story. Yeah. Because... Take my heart when you go is what he says to Kahana at the start and midway through the story. So you know that she she only picked that line up via the story. And her daughter is her heart. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. It's just uh, and he is go, and yeah. he's go. Yeah, pass go. Lovely. Do not collect two hundred pounds. <laughs> lovely um, storytelling, just beautiful, excellent, um, and just couldn't have thought of a better ending for this episode. Yeah, I mean, there's a question of, of whether is Maeve also calling for backup at this point um in, in you know she's using she's going crazy with her mesh network stuff that'd be funny i don't think she's just talking i think here there's you know she's possibly or you know controlling any live hosts left in the building to maybe come and try and save her yeah we know from the current timeline that um we haven't seen her in that current timeline so mm. this is a couple of days before that at this point so we kind of get the, the theory that she's going to escape somehow yeah. Um, Fucking hope so. Just want to say I think it's really good and important that the the producers and what and creators of Westworld used actual real Lakota people to um, act in this show. Well, Zar McLaren is from Dublin, so I don't think that no, he isn't really. Um, but he sounds like it. He's a Mac. Where's he from? His mother speaks Lakota. And it uh, taught him Lakota. Exactly. Ooh, so what? I just uh, think Lakota. there's no excuse now for other shows to not 
use like if you're gonna represent first nation people then you should use first nation actors so well done to westworld on that point well look it's been emotional we are now going to move on to len and his crazy but annoyingly accurate reddit theories Alright guys, welcome to uh, uh, the latest edition of Theory Corner. Um, this week, yeah, week this week, very tricky, um, mainly because this episode didn't really ask us any questions, which <laughs> for, the fir- for the first time in Westworld history probably, it, it just answered a lot of them. Um, so it's going to be a short Theory Corner, Aww. but it's still going to be still going to be fine, it's just not as crazy. Fine. Yeah, it's going to be fine. It's this, not- is gonna, this episode is going to be fine. It's just not as crazy as usual, I- I'm sorry. There's just not much crazy. I've given you all the crazy, and you it's guys fine. have been throwing it back in my face, and it's fine, all right? Well, you say it's been crazy. crazy. It's been fairly accurate. Well, the, if, the in, Bernard Teddy theory and all that sort of stuff was a bit out there. but Not being on Mars is pretty mad. That, never, never, never conscribed that <laughs> <laughs> Um So, Mars. So, guys, let's open up with uh, just one that I think is good to talk about off the bat, and that is... Um, something that people on Reddit are calling the QR code theory. Um, now... If you remember back in season one, these violent delights have violent ends. A lot of people believed that that was a like an audio trigger or like a virus that spread around the host. And that's actually what made them sentient. I think that's kind of been debunked um, to an extent. I mean, they did actually bring that line back this season uh, with the Raj world. Um, but th- this latest theory is to do with the maze and the fact that the hosts have this inbuilt trigger within them. Whenever they, whenever they see that symbol that it triggers the start of them becoming sentient. So if you imagine like a QR code that, you know, you would scan with your phone and then it it unlocks something, um, the theory goes that, you know, Aki spreading around this maze symbol is actually the trigger that triggered a lot of the hosts. Why did you say that? Because when we were talking about the the symbol carved on the scalp, I was going to say it looks like a QR code, but I didn't. Yeah, you see? So now you're all going to think I'm making it up, but I'm not. I've got to say, though, does that not make it less... I mean, I don't disagree. I think it's quite interesting, actually. I quite like it. Does that, but that does not, does that not make the kind of becoming sentience more? It definitely isn't sentience. A very good question. Um, mm. I think they just needed a nudge, didn't they? Maybe, and and this symbol was that nudge. Now, you know, there's a reason they spread it everywhere, and there's a reason that <laughs> that you know, led. Yeah, there's. It makes it kind of makes sense. I kind of like this theory. I mean, I didn't like the idea that these violent delights was a like a, a, a virus that went through the host because I think there's proof against that. Mm. Um, but this, you know, with now all of the, the the gaps in the history and the timeline being filled in, is very interesting, and it could be a starting block for the host. So, well done, Aki. Well done. I'm gonna give you a sort of Native American uh, theory now, which is one that's been going around since. I'd say the start of season two. We haven't brought it up because it's quite a small theory, but I quite like it. So uh, let's let's crack on with that one. Um, this is the wolf theory. The wolf theory. Um, obviously, uh, <clears throat> if you remember, um, a couple of times Teddy has seen uh, a white wolf wandering around uh, the corpses. Yeah, um, Dolores is all ghost. Come here, lad. Um, Dolores has also <laughs> seen the white wolf. Um, Jon Snow. No. Um, and Bucky Barnes. Funnily enough, 
Someone else has seen the White Wolf this season. Ooh. The Man in Black, as yep. he woke up Ooh. from the party scene. Now, yeah, yeah. The, the White Wolf is, is obviously... Uh, I'm going to read some stuff here, so bear with me. Um, I don't read stuff. Well, you know. Um, so Mib also saw the White Wolf. Um, so Native American symbolism and mythology is obviously very well revealed in this episode. And um, the wolf, the wolf symbolizes this in Native American culture. Uh, strength, truth, loyalty, intelligence, leadership, and awareness of self. Um, <laughs> um, does that last one sound familiar, guys? Yeah, I think it does. What? Um, so that's a very interesting, you know, note on the imagery used by uh, the by the Nolan and Joy combo. Um, do you guys think that 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 white wolf symbolizes the moment when hosts become sentient? Um, and if so, does that give any? Um, Cadence to the man in black being a being a host theory. No, mm, I think Probably it's not. a nice bit of symbolism. I don't know whether you could really say that the wolf just appears when somebody becomes sentient. I think that's a bit. Well, well no, well, the, the, wolf mean, the wolf doesn't physically appear. No, you they know see what I mean? It. Like, I think it would be uh... <laughs> that wolf would be furious. He'd be like, oh, uh, not again. No, there's uh, someone on the other side of uh, of the park just becoming sentient. I was just on my lunch oh, break. What is this? I'm a wolf, man. I'm not a dragon. That's where Ghost goes every time he runs away from Jon Snow. Yeah. Oh, fucking hell, <laughs> make him go sentient. Yeah, that's a good point, guys. I think what they're doing is, because um, obviously they don't want to put Ghost in Game of Thrones, they're just throwing him in Westworld now to make up for it. So Budget. Budget. Budget, Budget. Yeah, yeah, but I really like that. I like the use of symbolism. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that is actually something, and I hope maybe we get a little bit of payoff for it. If you actually notice as well in this episode... Aki sees a white horse um, running across the, the mm. massacred town. Um, I've got no mm. evidence to suggest that's anything related, but maybe it's a. But maybe it's another. It's just weird. That there's a white horse running across the town. Anyway, just a thought. Mm. Throwing it out there. Um, no. The next theory, uh, which we kind of referenced in the show, is that. Uh, Basically, the, the show's been building up to Dolores versus Maeve, you know, the big showdown, celebrity deathmatch. Um, um, <laughs> good show. A very good show. I love that one. That Bloody classic. On. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but as we referenced in the episode itself, we kind of think that now it's going to be an Aki versus Dolores um, showdown. Um, several pieces of evidence uh, to support this is the fact that Aki refers to Dolores as the death ringer, which we referenced in the show. Yeah. Also the fact that he says the death, you know, I need to help everyone before the death ringer comes for all of us. So he visualizes Dolores as like the devil or, Mm. you know, the end of everything. Mm. Um, Sounds like he's married to her. Ford also references (laughs) Dolores this way. Uh, also calls her the Deathbringer. Mm. Very interesting from Ford. So I kind of get the impression, and, and we know now that Maeve is on Aki's side because she's heard the whole story and she's completely behind him and she, he's protecting her daughter. So it's really setting up now this Aki-Dolores um, confrontation. I mean, are you guys excited to see that instead of the Dolores-Maeve? Uh, for me, yeah. this is a much more interesting... She's not going to make it through that, is she? What? What, Dolores? Yeah, I reckon he'd take her. Uh, no, he's gonna. She's gonna wipe the floor with him. That's why I don't want it to happen. And I, yeah, the interesting thing about Aki is, as we referenced, is that he helps the humans, and he is not judging of whether you're a host or you're human, and just you know, killing everyone like Dolores is. So his methodology might be more in tune of maybe the host's long-term future, because obviously if they take on the whole of humanity, they're probably going to lose. But if they win over 
high powerful people you know rich powerful people who come to this park and he's protected them and made them survive then they can vouch for them on the outside world and maybe give them a a starting chance Mm. someone like william for example um possibly he could um have a complete 180 and want to support the hosts actually integrating to society so it's a very interesting concept yeah i like it i do like that it's funny because it's come out of absolutely nowhere and other times if you know if you have a character introduced in season season two episode eight and that's going to be the end game you'd be fuming wouldn't you but um i think actually what we've seen is that the groundwork has been laid just very subtly um and this new hero has been revealed to us and it's great we've got somebody to root for now which i didn't didn't before yep 100 percent um so we're all back in that one guys aki dolores showdown yeah oh yeah 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 Without doubt. Lovely, lovely stuff. The last little, uh, last little tiny, 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 tiny confirmation is that we saw the door um, this episode and we referenced it in the the bulk of the podcast. Um, Interesting to note the sort of configuration of what we actually saw. It did physically look like a door, but there was obviously this other structure there. We also know it's the same location as we referenced in the main podcast that William showed Dolores to be the weapon as well. So we assume that this isn't just a door. Um, and going back to our theory last week, um, which was that the Valley Beyond actually housed the, not consciousnesses, but copies of um, all of the human hosts been studied by Delos uh, over the course of the 30 years that the park has been open. The configuration of what we actually saw in this episode, and it's been posted on Reddit and loads of other fan groups, actually um, pretty much confirms that this isn't just a door. This is actually like a server farm similar to the cradle um, which would imply that it yes does house all of the data collected on all of the guests for the last 35 years oh that's interesting that makes more sense now so the door isn't actually a door but what it is 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 a gateway to all of these yeah. this data so so that I'm, I'm still back in that theory um and you guys still back in the theory yeah, that there's, I think... there's something more going on here like there's a server room filled with the, the, well, the guest I think, data um aki kind of alluded to that throughout the show talking about sort of going to the world beyond and it might be it could be death so that could be like them leaving their actual body yeah. that they've got now to assume these clones or to whatever new, is new, a new mass bodies, there. New roles, so yeah. i actually think that's kind of not nailed on but almost in my mind yeah there's got to be something more to this than just a, a gateway out of the park because that's not guaranteeing their safety, right? Like, you know, they need to get out of the park and be untraceable. I back um, it more this week with the idea of a server room of consciousnesses is, is, yeah. than an, I did last week. An alternate cradle, a cradle for the guest data. not A grave, a, perhaps. Yeah, well, you know, will from, could be their grave. From um, cradle to the cradle. So, yeah, that's it. Uh, that's it this week for Fury Corner. Um, shorter because this episode for once gave us a singular sort of narrative but didn't pose too many questions so um thanks for that john uh, i'll be back next week with maybe some some crazy ones leading into the finale because we should get a lot of answers leading into uh, into the finale in two weeks time Oh, cheers, Len. Um, some fairly mildly shit theories this week. Like, I mean, um, they are probably going to be right. 
Um, yeah, sorry, mate. It's just, the problem is there's not that many crazy ones left, you know? We've, we've given you all no. the crazy ones, and now... But don't worry, next week I've got high hopes that there will be some absolutely insane ones. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Hi-ho, silver and away. And that brings us nicely on to... Uh, again, I still can't quite believe that this is a segment on this uh, on this podcast. Don't question it. Just go with it. Just go with it. But we are now going to throw ourselves over to Gaz and his worst line of the episode. Thanks, John. Yes, um, similar, a similar conundrum, I guess, to uh, to Len this week in that there weren't a lot of bad lines. Let's let's be honest. Um, we had Zan McLaren, Zan McLaren, absolutely killing it um, as Aki. And most of the lines in the episode are his. Um, so there was absolutely no way I was going to pick one of his lines. Um, which I suppose narrowed it down a bit. And we did get there. We got there. Um, it's actually a, it's a, it's two characters sharing worst, worst <laughs> exchange of the episode. Right. That's um, not quite so... what the rule is, though, is it? It's not worst exchange of the episode. It's worst line of the episode. This is awful. They, it's so bad that the camera doesn't even show them as they're saying it because I think they were such terrible actors that they just didn't want to give them any proper airtime. Um, all right, I'll, uh, I'll I'll go through the line. I ran it three times. It's him. There's no fucking way. It's impossible. You have to call the boss. Already did. <laughs> Yeah, okay, yeah, good. T- terrible. I don't even remember that. What was that? Okay, cool. And that was our... <laughs> or Gaz's... Worst line, worst line of, of the, the episode. episode. Cheers, mate. Um, Thanks, mate. Bye. So that's it for another podcast. Uh, unfortunately, it has to end. If you have enjoyed listening, do review, share, and subscribe to the hosts of Westworld... We are on iTunes, Spotify, and all major podcasting apps, and we are now on TuneIn Radio. Yeah, new, new, new location blah, for us. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, it's also worth noting our parent podcast, Fan Critical. Also, on the major platforms, we discuss other TV shows like The Walking Dead. Len, give us a zombie impression. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, fucking Bella Lugosi over here. <laughs> we also cover Game of Thrones. Lucy, give us a Game of Thrones impression. I drink and I know things. Very nice. Uh, Black Mirror and Stranger Things. Um, as well as major event movies like Avengers Infinity War, Solo. And we've also watched Deadpool 2, which was great. Len, can you make sure that you come to next week's episode with some seriously shit theories? More shit theories, got you, son. Yeah. Cheers, as in, like, as in, like, shit as in, they're absolutely ludicrous. Like, your jock is Arnold theory. <laughs> <laughs> the tongue pointing out. The well, Arnold with the tongue yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I did actually see a jock uh, theory on uh, on uh, Reddit, and I just I, I didn't want to bring it here because it's absolute garbage. Uh, no offense, <laughs> but I've never met a dog. Yeah, that's true. Um, so <laughs> that all made sense for me. All right, yeah. Well, look, more jock theories, please. Yeah. Cheers, Len. No worries, mate. Cheers, uh, Lucy. Thanks very much for joining us. Take my heart when you go, Emma. You're not going to be able to top that. <laughs> Bye. And uh, Gaz, off to school, mate. 
Thanks, mate. Great job today. Well done. Cheers, mate. I'll give it a go, you know. Um, and that's it. And that's uh, that's us done. So thanks very much. And we'll be back next week. See you next week. Bye. See ya. Bye. Wouldn't want to be ya. Bye.